For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. For some reason, even though uh, we were about to talk about a family being murdered cold-blooded in their sleep, uh, the idea of you fitting an entire Q-tip in your belly button literally makes me physically nauseous. Well, (laughs) you'll be happy to know I don't just fit one in. I can fit up to five. (laughs) And you should see how many quarters I can fit in my nose. Uh, All right, let's start the show, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Planning his vengeance. Marcus, I thought you were going to talk over this. Oh, it was great. Okay, 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 okay. Let's let's take it again. Planning his vengeance. Today on Last Podcast. No, on the left. It's the story of Ronald Butch DeFeo. It's because the Butch DeFeo storyline reminds me of the song Iron Man, and then I was informed by Marcus before that because I was like, let's play Iron Man. Mm -hmm. And he's like, we will be ripped from the sound waves so fast (laughs) by whatever gigantic corporate entity owns that song. Sharon Osbourne owns it. You piss off Sharon, we've just pissed off the whole world. Oh, my God. I don't want to piss off Sharon Osbourne. Mm -mm. I'm calling Sharon Osbourne out right now. If she wants to go, I'm willing to physically fight her for the (laughs) all of Black Sabbath's discography. Wow. Well, well, we're on Amityville Part 2, and... uh, the last episode, the first episode, we went uh, through the official story, the accepted yes. story as far as the DeFeo murders and the actual haunting goes, and we told you at the end of the episode. On this one, we're going to tell you why all of that is bullshit. Specifically, the haunting is bullshit, but the Butch DeFeo murders are uh, pretty suspect as well. Okay. Can we start with one thing? Because uh, I actually wanted to talk with you about this, Marcus. Do you believe in ghosts? Uh, I believe in something. I mean, I don't know if it's ghost. Skirting around the issue. (laughs) What I'm looking for is black and white. All right, you're shooting for grays. Yeah, Yeah. I I farted myself awake yesterday. (laughs) So that was kind of like that was kind of a haunting. That's just making sure that you stay alone. (laughs) Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Um, It's kind of a different situation there. This case really disappoints me in many ways because it is true. It's totally horseshit, which we're going to we're going to nail it down point 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 right now. Uh, because also, what are you going to do with the world's most famous ghost story? A lot of people are going to jump onto the boat. It's like the last boat pulling out of like the children of men city where there's nobody where the babies can't be made anymore. It's mm. like everyone's jumping onto the boat to get out of town. Because that's where the money is. The Amityville boat. I'm keep, I'm keeping going with the metaphor. The Amityville boat right. is being driven by a man with a top hat and a monocle <laughs> on, and okay. he's sitting on a pile of coins. So he's like, and Mr. they're going to Money Town. Mm-hmm. But I still heavily believe in ghosts. I think that you're over exaggerating how much money you can make with ghost hunting. Uh, that's the <laughs> with only writing, with writing books about ghost hunting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay Anson, the uh, guy who wrote the Amityville Horror, made millions upon millions of dollars. That's one guy. That's one guy. <laughs> you show me this another. Is, but this is a guy who sat on what was turned out to be the perfect storm of ghost stories. It's got, you know, family murder. It's got, like, it affecting another family. It's like all of these things that interest a lot of people, never mm-hmm. mind sitting on the storm that was like the obsession with the exorcist that had just come out. So it was primed to make money. 
Um, I was listening to Coast to Coast last night and he had a ghost hunter on and he was trying to tell people that to not do amateur ghost hunting anymore because he's like, it's just far too dangerous and you've gotten, you've just got to know, let the professionals do it. I should know. I got a degree in ghost psychology from <laughs> Phantom University in Fartsdale, Arizona. Fartsdale? I love Fartsdale, Arizona. Well, if it's my right house, next to Scottsdale. If my house isn't haunted, then why are there so many damn flies around? You know, that's what I always say. Look to where the flies are, and then you're going to find your ghost. And for, for your thing, I would say follow the money. Normally, you always got to follow the money. That's where the conspiracy is. But with you, I would say follow the many open cans of Budweiser and possible just plates covered with peanut butter or what looks like peanut butter, which is probably just fucking feet diarrhea. You don't know me at all, Henry. It is not peanut butter. And the thing is, when you buy Hormel chili by the can, you're also buying a bowl. <laughs> so I'm loving it. Thank right, you. So, so Amityville. Yeah, the DeFeos. So uh, uh, the, the DeFeo murders, uh, what the accepted story is, or at least if you go with the haunting story, mm -hmm. uh, is that there was a demon that came to Ronnie after he watched Castle Keep on TV and told him yes. to kill his entire family. that The Warren said that there was a demon that affected everybody who entered the house differently. And Professor Dr. Hans Holzer was super excited because he rode a horse and nothing <laughs> made him more happy than seeing a ghost freely on the back of a free ghost horse. Mm. It's ghost mane weaving in a ghost wind I like. To see it, I hate a real horse. <laughs> oh, real horses are terrible. Terrible, horrifying creatures and big, six feet tall. I need a step stool to get on it. Take a car, mm. I said to my <laughs> professor doctor friends, of which there are only three. Ooh, well, that's a lot of friends, actually. Rick Osuna, author of a book called The Night the DeFeos Died, he said in a meeting that he had with Butch on November 30th in 2000 that Butch confessed to the murders, but mm -hmm. he confessed to doing them alongside his sister, Dawn. Cool. Now, how old is the sister, Dawn? She was 18. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, unofficially, it points towards some sort of conspiracy. So, first of all, let's go through these uh, certain facts here. We said on the last episode that nobody woke up uh, saying how creepy it was that nobody woke up during mm -hmm. all this. There were nine shots, uh, but no victims made any attempt to escape, which suggests much more likely instead of, you know, ghosts controlling the sound waves suggest a coordinated attack by more than one person. Mm. And we've got some footage from Mr. DeFeo right now talking about this exact conspiracy. Ooh, exciting. Could one person go through the house and kill six people the way they think they were killed? The way they, excuse me, let me correct myself. The way they said they were killed. You show me how right now. Well, again, I'm asking the questions. I'm just giving you an opportunity. Okay, you're asking a question, and I'm coming back with you with an answer. No, no, but I, I'm not stating my belief in anything. I'm just I asking know, I'm you. I'm not saying you believe in anything. I'm coming back with you with an answer. I, I don't it's know. It's impossible. You're know. in an all-in situation. You and society. And I'm going to tell you why. Mm -hmm. You, 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 you and everybody else is scared. And you know what you're all afraid of? You know I did this with other people and you're all afraid to deal with reality because that's reality not the coming out of your mouth but your explanation is that the other person was gone i wasn't there and you're never going to get me to change that so it could have been someone else why why would somebody else want to do that Right. I'm just tired of you intelligent people like yourself with all the years of college you got not sitting down in the lab examining and looking. How the f*** could the fail done all that by himself? What he's giving us are multiple... Oh, my God. It's completely reasonable, and you got to listen to me. All right, hey, listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. I went out, and I had to get, I had to get nine cannolis shaped in a pyramid because it was my sister's cousin's Annalisa's birthday party two days from then, right? So I leave. Yeah, 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 I killed my father. But who knows? Yeah, it could have been my sister Dawn. I don't know. It could have been... I, I, I could have swore I saw a little leprechaun head. <laughs> it could have been a goddamn leprechaun. I don't know. Two wooden shoes. And that leprechaun was so scared by my own goddamn sister. And I was like, God damn it, Dawn, you scared a leprechaun? Because the thing is, you catch a fucking leprechaun, right? 
you could shake a gold out of it. And I was like, you know, oh. fucking just shoot. Let him kill all brothers and sisters. All brothers and sisters. All right, let's just wrap up the interview. This is going absolutely nowhere. <laughs> well, I love it. Well, the story uh, that he put forth, that uh, Butch DeFeo put forth, uh, he wrote in a letter, he said, it was cold-blooded murder, period. No ghosts, no demons, just three people in which I was once. So, but mm. you're also looking at, this was a, a, during the, the trial, again, you remember, he was going, to, he was trying to be ruled uh, innocent by reason of insanity. Right. Yeah. And so what he, part of his strategy, where Butch thought he was a genius, was that I'll tell them nine different stories. And so he started with the one story where he did it, and then he included Don, and then, because, um, you know, the story that he said here was that Don convinced Butch to do it while they were fucking getting wasted in the basement, while and Castle Keep because Dawn, because their parents wouldn't let Dawn move with her boyfriend to Florida. Yeah. Oh, always the most Long oh, Island of excuses yeah. to kill your parents. If you have a daughter and her name is Dawn and she's 18 and she wants to move to Florida, let her go. Yeah. Just, she's a Florida girl. All women named Dawn belong in Florida. Beautiful, beautiful, luxurious Florida. Oh, yeah. So Dawn yeah. supposedly convinced both Butch and a friend of theirs to commit right. the murders. Can you imagine being the poor Selly for uh, DeFeo? Yeah, yeah. Like every morning, every day, 24-7, <laughs> you've got to listen to that voice. <laughs> that would be the worst situation. I would hang myself with the, with the first shoelace I saw. That guy's like first parole hearing where he's just like, I just want to say I know I, when I entered into this prison, I was a hardened murderer. And I, 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 killed, I killed several gas station attendants oh. by running the cord around the, the from the from the gas station the, the machine. I just ran it around their throat and I killed them because I was mad at the government for how expensive gas was. <laughs> but now spending six months with Butch DeFeo in that cell, um, I've become a priest. <laughs> So, so the murder Paroled. so the murder plan only and was only supposed to be the parents that's all it was supposed to be right. but after the double murder the friend ran out and oh, okay. butch he was gone he butch said that he went out looking for the friend and while he was gone Don, trying to eliminate all possible witnesses, shot the kids in their beds. Okay, so I was under the impression it was a situation where they they all went to individual rooms and said, count of three, we'll all shoot our guns off, and they do it all at once. Well, that's one of the stories. Okay. I mean, there's a, like Henry said, there's nine different nine stories different going stories. on here. Okay. Uh, Another thing, but but then what happened is, is in his most recent interview, which we heard that clip from, First Person Killers on the Bio Network, which you know how reputable that is. It's love the old Network based on biographies. Biographies, yep. <laughs> um, he says that he just left, that there was no third person. He said now what he said that he left because he couldn't handle what just happened with his parents. Uh, and then he left and then came back and Dawn had went nuts. And then he went to go get the gun from Dawn. And then in the struggle, he shoots her in the head. Yeah. Oh, and doesn't that happen all the time? <laughs> Typical family tragedy. You leave the house, your daughter, your sister goes, shoots up the whole family, and you got to pop her in the head. Oh, man. Well, there's also a DEA angle in this Ooh. entire thing because it is also said that it's possible that the DeFeos, that Ronnie DeFeo, Big Ron, was involved in possible some mob business here and there. Well, the uh, grandfather definitely was. Yeah, the grandfather definitely we was. We can say they all were, right? <laughs> So there was a DEA agent uh, that was staked out outside of the house, uh, and this DEA agent told a journalist years later that he saw a woman exiting the house wearing a hooded jacket and black gloves holding a rifle, and what Ronnie had, or what Butch had said was that the demon had come to him wearing a hood and black gloves so yeah, and had given him the rifle. There was a member of law enforcement outside of the house during the shootings? Uh, supposedly. We could argue this man isn't a hero. Is that correct? <laughs> well, he was a DEA agent. He couldn't fucking blow his, uh, blow his cover. I mean, Absolutely. If, He's fucking six months deep into a story. You can't stop a drug bust just because some guy kills his whole family. I, mean, I just feel like you, that would be one of the times where maybe you could break character and try to save some lives. He's gathering evidence. Oh, I see. Impartiality. It's like a documentary maker. That's what cops are like. You watch something like you watch something going on and you just need to commemorate it for history. Right. You don't stop it. Yes. Yes. That's very true. Some say 
that the two, Don and Butch, some say that they were involved in an incestuous relationship. Mm, okay. No, yeah. yeah. Now, sisters sliding into one each other, just planning some sweet, sick murder. <laughs> they say that Ron killed the parents, Don killed the family, mm. so Ron killed Don. And the grandfather, who was in the mob, when he showed up at the police station before Ron's confession, told Ron to take the rap for all the murders to keep the name from being sullied any further. He said, take the rap. <laughs> you take the rap. You're not going to talk about fucking your sister. Oh, okay. You're just going to go to jail. Because honestly, because that is actually very true. His grandfather did show up to talk to Ron when the whole th- when all the shit went down. And it's just literally just like, hey, Ronnie, hey, listen, hey, come here, come here, come mm-hmm. here. You know, I saw you fucking Dawn in the pool last summer. It's hot. This whole thing's your fucking fault. And you're gonna take all of this shit. <laughs> Listen, I know. I watched you guys look at each other with the special magic. I know that. I know you guys had something special. Like, mm. I, I understand. I, but my sister, how many times I looked at her and I was like, oh, oh, the way she swivels in the hips. Mm. I gotta get up in them guts some places. <laughs> All right, Grandfather, I think you've had enough here. Good God, we're still in a police precinct, for Christ's sake. Have you guys looked at a picture of Don DeFeo? She looks like mozzarella with a wig on. Isn't that nice? <laughs> and who doesn't love mozzarella? Put some eyes on it. Well, I love that. So this was the point of shame for the family, for the DeFeo family, was that he was banging his sister, not the whole suicide or murder, that the alcoholism, the drug abuse. I, I think lo- it would have been way worse if it was a point of pride for the family. I don't know. <laughs> At this point, it's the least uh, offensive thing that uh, they could have done, I think. Uh, and a criminologist said in court that he believed that the bodies were moved and that more than one weapon was used. Oh. Because they did this sound test. by Because we were saying before, is that, what was the name of this rifle? You know, Marcus. Uh, 3030 Marlin. Exactly, because it's tattooed on your belly, all the lists of guns that are fun to shoot in Texas. Yep. <laughs> now, the sound test by the police basically said that this gun is so huge, it could be heard for like four blocks. And nobody heard anything at night, so you, it does suggest a different gun. But then also, what about demonic power, <laughs> Marcus? I mean, there is a part of me that truly wants to believe that the house was haunted and that a demon lived there named mm-hmm. Mokashanka from the Shiny Cock tribe, and that he was making him kill the family. I would love that. To be true. Yeah. I mean, um, so I'm still fighting for it. That's the narrative that I'm sticking with. I definitely believe the house was haunted. Something compelled him to make these, uh, you know, th- for these events to occur. Something compelled him, and I think it was a demon. Absolutely yeah, it not. Was, it was Mama's dookie stew. <laughs> right. The dookie stew pushed him over the edge. The demon was sick of smelling it. She had to kill, she had to be murdered. Well, that's the these first. white men don't know how to make proper casserole. <laughs> we will teach them through acts of horrible revenge. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest and... I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine. And it's an addiction. 
It's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up, and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. Hey! Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands in the dirt and I love planting things myself. And Fast Growing Trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, it's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I didn't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. So on November 21st, 1975, DeFeo, of course, found guilty on six counts of second-degree murder, uh, and he was sentenced to 25 years to life. Mm. So that part of the story is pretty much wrapped up. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that's a hoax, but there are definitely a lot of... That's where the, the seeds of demons were planted. Okay. Uh, and, and I'll also put it this way. Where jail did great for Eddie Gein, where he gained weight and looked super, like, th- healthy and shit, De- Ronald DeFeo... Looks like a rat. <laughs> oh, he looks terrible. Probably getting better food. But in uh, Ed Gein's situation, he went to an institution, which is where DeFeo wanted to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone wants to go to an institution. Right. No one wants to go to the penitentiary. Right. Every day I ask to be placed into an institution. <laughs> I would love to be taken care of. You know, and mm-hmm. that would be so great because a nurse is like a mommy girlfriend. And then <laughs> she also goes. And if you do your job right, you maybe get a little tug out of her. Maybe. I don't know if it's like a uh, Asian massage parlor there, Henry. I, I think <laughs> you you're can't thinking just of different the nurse institutions. To get a hand job? I don't know. I, I think they mostly force feed drugs down your throat when you want to stay awake. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but it's 8 p.m., so it's bedtime. But that's what I was looking forward to cancer because I thought that if you if you're in hospice, every nurse is kind of a prostitute. <laughs> Man, you just have a different idea of medicine, huh? <laughs> I better start changing the way I'm living my life. <laughs> so the seeds of the demon house of Amityville have already been planted. They've been planted by Ronnie DeFeo. They've been planted by Ronnie Butch DeFeo uh, in his defense. And so the entire thing happens with the Lutzes. Jay Anson writes his book, and this guy, his name is Rick Moran. He's a researcher. He compiled a list of more than a hundred factual errors and discrepancies between Anson's true story and what actually happened. In which, is what, which is what happens when you get a super nerd real mad and <laughs> jealous of your money, is that he will come straight for the logic of your lies right. and just start being like, yeah, well, uh, flies would 
wouldn't be there in the summertime. You know, like yeah, exactly. Perfect and you know, fucking the perfect uh, villain to the paranormal. Yeah, right. the dude who wrote this book is just looking at this guy, being like, "Yeah, bro, we know it's all bullshit. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Shut, shut up. Fucking, shut up. Here, We're, here's five thousand dollars. Guess what? That was nothing to me." <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> fact checking the ghost hunting book. <laughs> yep, uh, actually, Jay Anson actually did confront this guy. Good. Jay Anson, the guy that wrote Amityville Horror, he did confront Rick Moran, and he said. I like to make money. One day, you'll be broke, and I'll be on an island in the Bahamas with a truckload of cashmere sweaters. Which Suck is also the last thing you want to have on a, on a tropical island. <laughs> he's going to be hot. <laughs> it's going to be like, he's definitely going to be the weird guy who wears cashmere sweaters. No one really knows how he made his money. Was it counterfeit pants, or was just, it demonology? Just ruining them with sweat and sand. They're yeah. so delicate. Those are the, literally, he just put together two things in his head that he thinks are fancy. <laughs> island and sweaters. <laughs> fucking Long Island bastards. That's so stupid. <laughs> I'm going to be out there on my tropical island. Don't you worry about it. I'm going to get a hot tub. And I'm, oh, don't you, I'm going to go. I'm going to put my own hot tub in there. Because you know what? I hate how the ocean's cold. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like fun. So let's just go through. Let's just go through all of the shit that these people talk. Uh, first of all, the infamous priest, mm -hmm. Father Picararo, the get out. Get that, out. Yeah. Get <laughs> out. out. You're a bitch. Get out of here. Quit looking at me. I'm not ready yet. It's bad luck. It's bad <laughs> luck to look at somebody before he's ready to go out. He's naughty. <laughs> Actually, stay. <laughs> so Picararo, he confirmed the claims on the TV show In Search Of. Which if you haven't seen, do. Yes. All Go right. look up all of In Search Of. They are great. It is great. It, early 80s, like schlocky, paranormal documentary style show. They have a lot of fun information. The Amityville one in particular is very fun because it shows a priest just, you know, like backlit because he doesn't want to be named by names. And well, so it's him just yeah. going like, yeah, I've seen a lot of shit in my time as a priest. <laughs> These little boys waggling the butts around. Just, uh, it just breaks a man. <laughs> You're, are you admitting to being a pedophile or? No, 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 no. I am admitting to watching them, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, let's just get to the demon stuff, please. Yeah, I see demons. Every time I look in the mirror. Ah, it's hard to be brief. So Father Picararo, he said on In Search Up, he told Leonard Nimoy, yes, all of this stuff is true. But... In an affidavit, while he was under oath, he said that he never even visited the house. If you lie to Leonard Nimoy, you should be shot in the head. <laughs> Are you telling me a court of law and affidavit compelled him to tell the truth, but Leonard couldn't? No. That's Leonard Nimoy, the Spock? Yes. <laughs> Rest in peace. Leonard should have friend. killed him right there on the spot. He said that he only, this priest said he only talked to the Lutzes on the phone. But he did say, he's like, the thing is, it was on that phone. The whole time on the phone, I heard like another line pick up, and a ghost was like, "Hey, I'm a ghost gay. Get out of bed. No, I mean, yeah. Actually, if you got, hey, uh, if you could get off the phone, uh, I'm waiting for a call. So, uh, all right, bye. Then you go back to talking to the person. It's like, hey, ghost. He sure knew how to interrupt a really nice conversation. 2016 summer coming phone ghost <laughs> to a line near you. So the people who own the house is at the house after the Lutzes, Jim and Barbara Cromarty, said that none of the damage that the Lutzes claimed, including the broken locks and hinges, actually occurred, and that all of the various hardware in the house appeared original. So they said mm. that all of these doors slammed open. They said that all of these uh, cabinets just kept banging, banging, banging. And all this shit was ripped off of the hinges. The Crow Marty said that no, everything was in perfect working order, and this stuff, you know, appeared to be well worn. None of it appeared to be newly replaced. Well, is it possible that the demon picked up after itself? <laughs> Would that could that occur? I don't believe so. So the claim made by Professor Dr. Hans Holzer mm -hmm. that the entire thing was built on an Indian burial ground yeah. was refuted by members of the Shinnecock tribe. Hmm? Shiny cock. Shiny Was that the job that Shiny. they did? <laughs> oh, God. Too Don't bad. start this because we're going to get letters. When we start talking about how the shiny no, cock I tribe did. invented no, the blowjob. It's not shiny cock. It's shiny cock. It's shiny cock. I looked it up. 
I looked it up and I even heard an, a, an actual pronunciation. Shinnecock. Right. That, yes. yes, yes. And because yeah, there is the Shinnecock tribe and then there is the Shinnecock tribe. Right. <laughs> the Shinnecock tribe, they started in Vegas. And yeah. oh, were their cocks just blinding in the light. Yeah, wonderful <laughs> stage show. One of the best I've ever seen. Really powerful. Yeah, it says in the book that the Shinnecock tribe used the site of the house hundreds of years earlier as a place to dump their mentally ill and dying. Well, Moran explained that experts told him that the tribe mentioned was not from the Amityville, Amityville area at all, hmm. and actually they inhabited the eastern tip of Long Island, 70 miles away. So even if there was a burial ground or something like that, the Shinnecock tribe's chief, Straight Arrow Cooper, said... <laughs> that doesn't mean we will go into somebody's body and capture their soul and control in a very negative way. That's just not us. But they could. I love that he's like, yes, we could, of course. We could go possess any sort of dumb Italian family. But we would not do that. We would not That's do that. That's not our style. We are more of a, uh, we, we will ask you to get out, but also sometimes, I mean... We just bring corn. It's a thing oh. that we're, it's a bad habit we have. We just keep giving white people food and we should stop. We should just, yeah. we should start doing that and yeah. inhabiting them and killing their families. Yeah, you're, you're just feeding the beast. You're giving it energy to kill you. Well, as far as the demonic pig goes, remember uh, the little girl had a demonic pig friend named Jody yes. that looked into her bedroom at night. The demonic pig was actually a cat that Ronald DeFeo used to call the pig because oh. it was just a big fat kitty. Yeah, and the cat used to look into her window from a tree branch that was right next to her bedroom. Um, so that's that one shot down. Yeah. Well, it was the neighbor's Persian cat. Uh, the neighbor, oh. his name was Rufus Ireland. He Ooh. believes to the... Ugh, yeah, terrible. Rufus Ireland. <laughs> I like that name. Sounds like a street fighting character. Street fighter, rather. Rufus Ireland! Mm -hmm. Rufus believes to this day that the whole thing was planned and not a single neighbor heard any disturbance whatsoever from the house during the 28-day haunting that the Lutz is supposedly experienced. Is it possible the cat did it? <laughs> do we know that the cat didn't do it? The, the cat didn't do the entire haunting? Yeah. It sounds like a Persian cat can hold a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, if you duct tape it to its body. Well, we don't know he didn't, do we? <laughs> and on the day that the Lutzes claimed that they saw the hoof prints in the snow, records show that there was no snow in Amityville, New York that day. And the window that supposedly went up and down on its own did actually go up and down on its own. It did do it without the aid of human hands, mm -hmm. but the counterweights on it were improperly adjusted. And an investigator said that you could make the window move up and down by stepping on a certain spot on uh, the floor. And it was really interesting because they showed it in a documentary. And it's literally like, it's kind of crazy looking. It's a yeah. guy just stomping on the floor and the, do the window just shoots open. Oh, my God. It's like, that's a great way to scare the fuck out of somebody really fast. <laughs> it is so cool. Every house needs to have one of those kind of fun trick windows. The original articles about the haunting were actually in Good Housekeeping. Oh. I didn't know this. Is that the uh, the whole story started in Good Housekeeping. In the it original shows like a, it's in the front is just a ghost with like a sheet over it like like with like a broom and dustpan yeah, like yeah. next to it like a beautiful spread. <laughs> Well, that entire article said nothing about human forms, nothing about slime, nothing about demon faces in the fire. All that it talked yeah. about was like, well, we got this beautiful house for cheap and all these people were killed in it. But, you know, we're hearing some strange noises and we're hearing some banging on the pipes. George said that and that the, the funny thing, how George responds to that, George Lutz, he said he was misquoted. But strange noises is a far cry from my daughter's friends with the ghost pig. I don't know, because you never... I mean, they would be making strange sort of pig-cat noises. Yeah. <laughs> well, the idea is, right, no one, no one likes to be boring. It's right. so much... Like, how many times have you told a story that, you I mean, you embellish some details, you know, yeah. in order to make this, this story more entertaining, you know? That's all the lessons were being. They were being fun little vaudevillians. <laughs> they were, and when good housekeeping comes calling, they're not just... They don't want some boring tale. 
No, no, no. no. You got to take out your your shiniest doilies, uh, and you got to really talk about all the rape and murder that happened in that house. Oh, absolutely. There's nothing good, good housekeeping loves more than a sex tuplet murder that possibly involves incest. Yeah, where Rolling Stone at the time was the most popular music uh, magazine, and if you were a musician of any worth any salt, worth your worth, worth your salt, salt, you're in Rolling yeah, Stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if your house if your house is haunted, you got to get in good housekeeping. Otherwise, was it? Well, no, you may ask yourself the question, like, okay, the Lutzes, they were just, you know, just regular Long Island family. How did it get from them having this hoax haunting to writing a book? Right. How did it get from uh, the actual, like, the hoax haunting to the book, The Amityville Horror, and eventually all of the movies that came afterwards? Well, supposedly the story is that the Lutzes contacted Butch DeFeo's lawyer, William Weber, because they felt sorry for Butch and thought that maybe the haunting had something to do with these sextuple murders. <laughs> That to me makes no sense whatsoever. Like that yeah. that's this is the part of the yeah. story that I don't understand. That like I don't know how they got together. But they definitely did. Um and William Weber is a great example of like a Long Island district attorney. He's like the kind of guy that like he doesn't just like handle witnesses. It's like he would like scare one. Like he would go up to <laughs> he would like, you know, follow a witness home and be like, You better watch yourself. Sometimes the truth, eh, you know, comes back and haunts you. You know what I'm saying? Give him a little slap on the face. <laughs> and it's like, so you made me think about your testimony. You know, like he's this very, he's a character. Yeah. Right, right. Well, I mean, it is, it is possible that, here's one of the things that I think about Amityville, is that it is very possible that there was some sort of residual haunting there. I, I from, think there had to have been. Yeah, I, I, think there, I think that what happened in that house and what they were talking about, I, I think it there was a seed yeah. where all of this came from. There definitely was. Like that Good Housekeeping article. They're talking like, okay, yeah, there's like some bangings. There's some, you know, strange noises. Like it's kind of, a, you know, it's, it's kind of creepy. Uh, and I think that Weber got a hold of the uh, Lutzes because Weber was already starting to field book proposals. People, publishers were already coming to him saying like, hey, this DeFeo thing, because true crime always sells. Mm -hmm. And there are publishers. Publishers coming to him saying, like, hey, you know, like, we need to get into this uh, DeFeo story. And Weber starts hearing about, like, oh, shit, the house that they used to live in, there's some kind of a haunting going on mm -hmm. here. He gets together with the uh, Lutzes, and DeFeo, and uh, Weber actually said in 1979, he said that he visited the Lutzes nine or ten times, and they stayed up until three in the morning getting fucking wasted on wine and concocting the story that would eventually become the Amityville Horror. That's a Which fun night, Which is actually night, a very, it's a very, very smart move. He yes. saw 20 steps ahead, and he was like, we can put together this fucking, it's like, we, you guys, like, yeah, 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 you guys had a little bit of a ghost. Let's say, like, how many ghosts, right? Yeah, you say one, huh? But let's see, maybe 25, right? <laughs> now, that's selling books. That's moving units. And so he starts to understand, you tie a family murder in with a haunting that is just money, 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 money. Everyone's going to flip out right. for it. Yeah. yeah, it brings it to that next level. It gives it a, a final uh, exclamation point on the story, that's for sure. Yeah, and he also, in his kind of defense, he also wanted to kind of use this stuff in his trial with Butch DeFeo. Like, he wanted to try, not necessarily use, like, the paranormal right. stuff, but he wanted the whole Amityville thing to be in the public consciousness when he started going for DeFeo for his appeals and things like that. Did, uh, did they bring up the demons in, in the courtroom? I don't think they ever brought up the demons. Oh, uh, you got to bring up the demons in front of the judge. <laughs> you got to do that. Well, he did. He did tell the story of the hooded demon with black hands yeah. on the stand. That was one of his stories. Mm. He's. Uh, they tried. They yeah. really tried. But the problem is that Butch was too dumb to be crazy. Yeah, isn't that sad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and what Weber did uh, that was actually kind of genius was he brought crime scene photos from the DeFeo murders over to the Lutz house and showed them, like, okay, here is Don's room. Uh, and, like, you can see in Don's room, you can see in the crime scene photos that there are a lot of flies around. And mm. the reason why there are a lot of flies around is because the bodies were left in the fuck, in a Long Island household, in a sealed Long Island house for 48 hours. Of oh. course there are going to be fucking flies everywhere. I thought you were going to say they were left in the fly room, like most <laughs> Long Island houses. Most they Long Island houses have that 
fly the fly digesting room. Right. Absolutely. Right, of course, yeah. the cocoon room. Mm-hmm. But you know what else is? But the Lutzes, but he the way he played it out is that the Lutzes would look at these pictures and Weber would be like, "You see these flies? You remember seeing any flies?" And the Lutzes, now fucking hammered, are like, "Yeah." There were a lot of flies, right? <laughs> right. There were a lot of flies. And so they started building the story up. And the other one was that they they saw these they, he showed them the picture of when they where they had fingerprinted they fingerprinted dusted the door uh leading into one of the kids' bedrooms. And Lutz looked at it and he's like, Green slime. Man, that's some crazy green slime. We should have seen that. I bet did you remember seeing green slime? And then all of a sudden, Miss Lutz is just like, yeah, of course it did. Yeah, yeah, green <laughs> slime, yeah. And they started building it again. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. And it doesn't help. I mean, I'm sure he came with a bunch of flies in his pocket, and uh, he had green slime in his back pocket. He was just rubbing everything everywhere. <laughs> Thank That's God you- I keep all those frogs in the house. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way to get rid of flies. How many platforms do I work on? So many platforms. Can you believe it? Google Docs. Work on that. Very complicated. Lots of different things going out. Clickety-clack, right? Slack. Same things to my employees. All of my, all my, my main doldgers walking around here. It makes sure it changes cluck to the word I meant for it to say to everyone. But I try to say not curse words on Slack. What am I supposed to do about it? But Grammarly doesn't fix curse words, does it? Because Grammarly's too good for it. It's too classy. It's Grammarly is an AI writing partner that helps you get work done faster with high quality writing. Because better writing means a stronger impact. The pen is mightier than the sword. Except when the sword is in the room. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing and suggestions based on your audience goals and context. Can you believe it? And data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly. It's in its goods. All right. So Grammarly's great. Use it. I use it. I love its gentle harassment of my writing style because it does help me because sometimes my thumbs are faster than my eyeballs. Don't quote me on that. Get AI writing support that works where you work. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Well, at one point, there was a split between the Lutzes and Weber, the lawyer, because Weber wanted to give portions of the book proceeds to Butch DeFeo. Mm -hmm. And the Lutzes, they decided to not work with Weber, and they hooked up with Jay Anson on their own, which proved to be a bad idea because Jay Anson made fucking millions on this book Mm -hmm. millions upon millions and the movie deals after that and all that the Lutzes they got about $300,000 from both the book and the movie and Jay Anson he as much admitted to the screenwriter of the movie uh, that most of it was made up he said it's up to the reader to decide what's true 
Him and Oliver yeah. Stone. <laughs> but then I also, there was an even more nefarious sort of, a little bit more of a nefarious angle that they didn't even, it wasn't even a moral choice. It was the fact that basically they had met with Weber and what they did was they got really drunk and they created this story and then they sort of conveniently forgot that Weber existed. Mm, and then what Weber tried right. to do was horn in and try to get 5%, like send them a contract being like, and if you want, I can handle your book deals for 5% of this contract. The Lutzes, in one storyline, the Lutzes say to him like, we don't actually no, no, thank you. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to give you money. We don't want to take money from this. And then turned around and we're like, we don't have to give a percentage to anybody. Like we can just do this all on our own and God. make all this money just for our pockets. The yeah. finances of this are that's this is the most horrific part of the whole episode of the whole two parter. <laughs> if I hear the word five percent ever again, I'm done. I'm done with the whole thing. So they're all just a bunch of lion schmucks. Oh yeah, That's all of them. Yeah, yeah they're all line trucks. Jay Anson, you know, like you said, he had that great line about the cashmere sweaters, the truckload, and the Bahamas and all yeah. that. You know, like they they just all of them. But the Lutzes, to their credit, they stuck to their story until the day they died. They both died. They both right. said that they saw shit, which makes me believe they did see things. I think I think yeah. that there was there was some sort of activity going on in the house. It just wasn't all the trumped up. Horseshit, because even Lutz's, you watch them get a little contrite when the movie comes out. Mm -hmm. Because they were talking about how, like, there was an interview with George Lutz where he was just like, when the fly scene came out in the movie, in the original movie, where the priest is assaulted by the flies. Is, yeah, that's my favorite Man. scene. It's a great it's scene. It's awesome. Yeah. I will say, it, he acted like those flies were a lot stronger than flies are. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He was instinctively, I mean, scene. they're just flies. Come on. <laughs> Come on, buddy. They're not going to bite you. No. But Unless Lutz horse was saying, hmm. he was watching it, and he was like, I feel guilty watching this because he's like, I wish that it had been more like what had actually happened because what had actually happened was truly scary. Um, and I do because there's certain things. Things that they say. I, I think that there's also a psychological angle. I totally. think he did started acting more hostile towards his family when they moved into that house. Right. I mean, and, and once you open up your mind door to the idea that your uh, residence is haunted, I think you're going to start seeing things a lot more. You're just going to be more aware of your surroundings. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say that something was going on there, but it is nowhere near as intense as like, I think something did go on there that disturbed this family. Yeah. But I also do think that they trumped it up for financial gain. It was like last night I was sitting in the house and um, I just got done watching a movie and I was sitting in the dark and I was sitting here and I just, um, I felt watched, mm -hmm. you know, and I felt like my, like my skin was getting all goosebumpy and I, and I was like, somebody watching me and I started walking around the house, like, like trying to see uh, if anybody was like looking at me and I felt like eyes on me. Mm -hmm. um, and it was I, unlike anything I've ever experienced. And then I looked out the window and it was just a Mountie doing a house check. <laughs> it was a, I didn't know that they did house checks in Canada. I didn't know either, and that's what he said. Wow. <laughs> I hope he was a Mountie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because then he took a semen sample, <laughs> which he said was a thing that they do in Canada, that right. they do it to outsiders. They're trying to collect as much American cum as they can because we're stronger. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. I'm sure it's at some lab right now, and they're doing a lot of research on your... Semen. I think. Yeah, he just yeah. ate it. Oh, he ate it. <laughs> oh, uh, so he was kind of the vessel that he was carrying it. I, I see. Okay, well, maybe he throws it up then when he gets to the precinct. There's no <laughs> doubt that he's a real Mountie. You were not molested. He had a hat on. No shirt. <laughs> no shirt. Okay. Good. Good. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that people point uh, towards as far as the Amityville horror story goes is that there is a very famous, very creepy photograph. Uh, of the Amityville house. Uh, it is at the top of the stairs uh, is because the Warrens, uh, when they came in, when the Warrens and the team of parapsychologists and the reporters came in, the Warrens set up these automatic cameras mm -hmm. that would just take pictures every five minutes. Uh, and these photographs sat in a file uh, at the Warrens house for years and years and years until this uh, secretary was looking through them. They were going back through the Amityville case she was going back through them and she said that every time she came to a certain photograph the secretary was pregnant she said every time she came to a certain photograph the baby would kick 
Well, every time she said the baby would kick. It's going to be a little demonologist. His <laughs> <laughs> instincts are good. Oh, wow. And so she looked, she brought out the photo and she looked at it very closely. And you can see, it is very clear. It is not an optical illusion. You can see a face mm-hmm. in the back, like kind of in the it's, background. It's pretty haunting. It's like you very look at it, it's a really, It's a really scary little picture because it looks like a little boy and he's got his middle finger up. Oh. Which is really <laughs> weird. Well. And his eyes are glowing. And right. it's, it's very, it's very, very creepy. Uh, but unfortunately for paranormal investigators, the most likely explanation is that the face in the photo belongs to paranormal investigator Paul Bartz. Paul Bartz did it. <laughs> yeah, it was- oh, every single time. Get out of here, yeah. Bartz. They show you can see another photo uh, of Paul Bartz that mm. night, and they're wearing the same shirt. It could also be Paul Bartz's nephew, who a ten-year-old boy who happened to be tagging along that night. Were they wearing? Oh, the that same? is quite possible. <laughs> well, or it's a ghost. So I feel like I think it's quote, a ghost. Though, I, I, do, I like this quote a lot. Yeah, um, this is from Paul Bartz. The image in the photo you mentioned does resemble me. And I know that Ed, now deceased, and Lorraine went on record, including national television, stating it was a ghost. And because I have great respect and admiration for them, I will say no more on the issue, (laughs) and I will allow the legend of the most haunted house in America to continue. That is my. That's a great response. Yeah, it really, it yes. really is. It's like, listen, guys, I know this is all bullshit, and I know that's my nephew Johnny. And right. I've just told you it's bullshit. <laughs> I just said it. I just told it. Definitely just said it's Let bullshit. It. But now you can use this end quote to to exonerate it every single time. You can just paraphrase me like this and just do the brackets on either side of it, and it'll always <laughs> land on being like, the legend of the most haunted house in America is continuing. I mean, it's like all yeah. weird. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, brackets and weird quotes, and they, they're they going to have to work hard to make that, uh, to make that, you know, go in line with the legend, but but they can do it. They can yeah, definitely they can, do it. and they will. Yeah, so. How many Phil Horror House has a lot of asterisks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like all over the whole story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely does. And and I think, you know, people say like, okay, there was a, you know, they it was a big hoax. You know, they made some money. What was the harm in that? I think there is a harm in faking a story like this. And I think... Well, the, I mean, I, I don't think, know if there's a harm in faking the ghost story. I, I think in faking a demon story and faking yeah. a devil story, there is a harm in that because it implants into people's consciousness. It continues this bullshit idea that the devil is an entity, that the devil is out to get you. The whole evangelical movement that uh, sprouted out of the 70s and 80s, a lot of that stuff was rooted in stuff like The Exorcist and especially the Amityville Horror because it was built as a true story and suddenly before the 70s the devil was something like, oh the devil, yeah, whatever, it's Mm -hmm. not real but after that, the idea of the devil being an actual entity and something for the evangelicals to fight against and the rise of the Christian right, you can trace a lot of that stuff back to the exorcist and the Amityville horror. So there is a lot of harm in these people making the character of our dark Lord and savior, Satan himself, the master of illumination, the destroyer of ignorance. That is what they're trying to do. Yes. They're trying to say again and again that we're evil. How many times I tell people in Toronto that I am a Satanist and they look at me like I'm some kind of crazy person. Do you do it with your shirt on or off? Mostly off, and okay. I'm yelling. <laughs> right, I will say, right. but again, because I told them is that because lies can't stand a hairy back. <laughs> That's a good point. I love this story. I'm happy that it stuck around, and I'm happy that we have a powerful Satan that has to be defeated by evangelicals. It's a good time. But you're right. It did get Jimmy Carter elected. Yes, it did. <laughs> but that's okay. I think it was a, it was a wonderful movies, great entertaining books. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they were. And the books and, the, you know, in the whole haunted house demon genre uh, in novels in the 70s and 80s that came out, there's a lot of really great. Uh, like 666 is a really cool uh, demon novel about the a haunting house. of uh, Hell House. Yeah. Uh, it's really, Hell House is really good. Anything Richard Matheson's really fucking good in terms of horror novels um the movie the haunting is great i love this whole again yes i'm the same exact way i like every single one of the films in this genre Mm -hmm. if it is a demon haunting a house 
I love it. It's yeah, good. keep them coming. Even Thirteen Ghosts had its moments. I got a bunch of pretzels in my bed. <laughs> that is the saddest of all. Yep. You know uh, what? I, I do. I do too. You got pretzels in your bed? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I washed my sheets last night, so I'm a real bachelor. Come on over. <laughs> ah. I got clean old sheets. Um, uh, I also watched a movie last night called The Canal that was very good. Very good. I saw a film a little bit off topic. It is not about demons, but it is about aliens extraterrestrial. I gotta watch that. Which was phenomenal. Is it good? It is very good. It's and it's very on Netflix? Good. Yes, and they did, of course, it was from um, Grave Encounters 1 and 2, and that plays with the demons, and uh, they have a very good understanding of how to create fear. Nice. Yes. Yeah, Grave Encounters was awesome. Yes, it was. Oh, yes, it was. We also, what a, um, I guess we can get back to the Warrens, but as far as Warrens, as far as their approach to demon hunting, what are we going to give them? What's their grade? You know, I, I at least they were respectful. I, a pet peeve of mine is those ghost hunting shows where they're like, come on out, you fucking dickhead. Like, they sound <laughs> like they're about to give it a swirly or, or, you know, call it some anti-gay slur. No, the they Warrens- get an A plus for their the fact that they have their own demonology school and they had it's a perfect pair of salesmen, like guy who's like the, the face of it and a talker with Ed and Lorraine, who was the psychic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the they, they went at that and they were very penitent and very serious and they they had that very great you know like her clutching her brooch like going into a place being like I feel spirits here oh you know like that sort of vibe yeah. gives them an A yeah. they must have had a very exotic sex life mm. oh you think so I do yeah huh. Lorraine I-, I think that there's a ghost in your pussy <laughs> <laughs> oh, you better uh, scare him out of there <laughs> Well, it seems like there's one. It seems like your your anus has been haunted by a, a horse ghost. Mm. Yes. No, there's only yes, one way to go. It seems so like much. we need to call up Dr. Professor and see if he can come on over. Mm. I'll be happy to help you look for the horse ghost. Is it in the behind of Mrs. Warren? Excellent, excellent. Let me just get my ghost prod. Uh-oh. <laughs> Amityville, the porn edition. Professor Dr. Hans comes over because he takes the ghost scaring a little too seriously. (laughs) Yes, he does. We're just trying to fuck here, Hans. (laughs) (laughs) Role-playing, though. You got to get into the role-playing. Well, that's Amityville Part 2. We got Amityville. Yeah, it's like, it is, it's, I would say 80% bullshit, 20% uh, run-of-the-mill family murder haunting. Okay, but it's very terrifying the idea of having a child and then him killing all of your all of his siblings and you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that yeah. is scary. That is definitely like the worst case scenario of yes. a family. The worst one. Yeah. The worst one. <laughs> uh, so go and uh, write and review us on iTunes. Uh, that helps us get bumped up in the rankings. Yeah. Uh, go to last podcast. Go to cavecomedyradio.com slash last podcast on the left to get your last podcast on the left t-shirt. And we've got new t-shirts coming out here. Yeah. We're probably going to start pre-orders here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we've almost got the final design locked down, and it looks fantastic. It's you guys fun. are going to absolutely love of these they're just god they're so cool oh this right. is a shirt i will wear around yeah i yeah. always feel weird about wearing the actual last podcast shirt around because i don't want to be like hey uh you know something huh like to people while they walk down the street well you um, but this is gonna be yeah. awesome all right well uh yeah right. i guess that's uh i guess yeah watch out on the facebook page uh for that and i got uh big news uh Uh-oh. here at the end is uh the calman album is out in two days on May 29th, and we're going to play uh, a track here at the end. We're going to play a preview track from the album. Very exciting. So enjoy Excellent. enjoy this. After the after the episode's over, we're going to be uh, playing a Cowman track. You can find us on uh, Bandcamp, and you can pre-order the album now. It's only 7 bucks or what you want, whatever you want to pay. But yeah, Bandcamp.com slash the Cowman. That's great. And, of course, find us on Twitter at Marcus Parks, at Henry Loves You. I'm at Ben Kissel and at uh, LP on the left. Hail Satan. Uh, thank you for giving me the ability to smoke weed harder. Yes, we'll do a hail you. <laughs> and thank you for all the nice messages on uh, Facebook and Twitter as well. Absolutely. Very well. I like that. Yes. There yeah. we go. And a hail hail me! And a hail Gein. And we've also got the uh, album release show on May 29th. Now enjoy this uh, track. From the new Calman album. All right.
drank too much bourbon That's all broken glass I went to Tucson to see my old letter She never know, so I drove back home I don't need housing and I don't need women I just need a bottle that I can call them Give me a bourbon or give me a pair I'd listen to your story, but I can't shocked you know they were always such a good team so successful but to do something like that to exceed their budget while being over budget might not be a crime it can disrupt workflows with monday.com you and the team can be sure that you're all in sync all the data latest updates files and budgets are visible to everyone so you won't miss a thing tap the banner to go to monday.com They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow.